glasses off for me. Uh, so, anyways, guys. Uh, Not so for me. No, no, <laughs> that's that, that's different. Thankfully, uh, thankfully, I still have enough vision when things are close. But, uh, anyways, so. Here we are, guys. Welcome back to Tim Kirby Russia. You've seen this man. Oh, I pointed the wrong way. You've seen this man uh, before, Jeff Brown. He's been on our program. So today we're going to have a little bit more of a casual discussion uh, with Jeff about all things related to China. As you know, he has written many books about China. He is the man behind China Rising and the JB West versus JB East podcast, correct? Yes. Do you happen to know another? You happen to know another, another Jeff Brown, probably, or is his last no, name no, different? No, it's, it's, it's James Bradley. James Bradley. Well, very close. But anyways, uh, today we're mostly on my channel, so I'm going to uh, start off with some uh, uh, official sounding questions. Well, number one, Jeff, I of course wanted to get your take about the whole Nancy Pelosi visit. As someone who understands what's going on in China, uh, the American view of it was sort of this kind of I don't know smug moment of triumph. Middle America was just like, what are you doing? Uh, Russia was a little bit, to be honest, disappointed. They kind of uh, expected more of a blunt reaction out of the Chinese. So this Nancy Pelosi visit, what does it mean? What was the Chinese actual reaction? So on and so forth. Remember that uh, in 1997, uh, Dick Gephardt was the U.S. Speaker of the House, the same position as Nancy Pelosi. He went to Taiwan and nothing happened because in 1997, Deng Xiaoping had just died. China had just, you know, signed the papers with uh, England, uh, with Great Britain to return China, return Hong Kong back to the mainland with the you know two systems one country two systems etc they didn't have the military power and they didn't have the technological power and they didn't have they weren't the world's biggest economy a lot a lot has changed in the last 25 years uh just like russia i think china is getting tired they've just had enough of the american uh western you know, co colonial imperial uh, attitude about um, uh, countries that at one point the West was able to dominate and exploit. Um, we have to remember that. So China has just said has said enough, and so this is their, their response now is is several magnitudes greater than than what happened in 1997 and these kinds of encroachments on the one country two systems thing have been going on with the united states uh, for a long time because the concern you know the republicans want to outdo the democrats and the democrats want to out you know do the the you know the uh the republicans and so it's not really about what's right or wrong it's about gain you know scoring political points uh back home but you said the uh, uh the magnitude was greater of the response from the chinese so what does that look like well i mean they they sent for the first time in history china uh surrounded the entire island i mean they have done you know military drills in the south china sea which is on the west side of taiwan meaning you know mm -hmm. towards the mainland this time they put they, they they had two big areas on the east side the pacific side towards you know hawaii and the united states one on the north one on the south and one between taiwan and um and mainland and and they extended it it was supposed to be 
three days. Mm -hmm. They extended another couple of days. They're obviously taking notes and um, uh, about if 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 for what if if Taiwan ever was crazy enough to declare independence, then China has learned a lot about how they would militarily um, uh, you know in, invade the country and and, and take it back. Uh, I do want to point out to people that, you know, before before Chiang Kai-shek lost to the communists in, in 1949, the United States, everybody agreed that Taiwan and, was a part of China. I mean, it's it, it, it was only when Chiang Kai-shek lost to the communists and with his tail between his legs and most of China's gold and much of the Forbidden City's you know, priceless artwork and 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 uh, uh, under cover of the U.S. Uh, U.S. military and the U.S. Uh, Navy to t take over Taiwan, um, it has always been a part of China. It has been a part of China for thousands of years. So that this is this is not in any in any kind of dispute. Well, you know um, what, uh, Jeff, I, I'd just like to bring up the fact that um, one popular uh, sort of meme image that's going around uh, the Russian Internet right now is it's a map that they say is supposedly from the United States from the middle of the 19th century in which there is no Ukraine indicated because it was all just part of the Russian Empire. It has uh, the, the political divisions are like the whole Malorossia and uh, something else. I forget how they divided it up. But, but so anyways, it's another good example of how... Uh, with the Russian instance of Ukraine and with Taiwan, it these are countries only because it serves someone's interest, not because yeah, there was this yeah, sort of right. natural historical climate, like some small country like Thailand, which has been independent in its own sort of thing for, gosh, who knows how long. So, A thousand years. This whole thing with the Uyghurs, who are in sort of the southwest of China, how there's like this movement to kill them off or something, it just seems so fake to me. It seems like exactly the same kind of junk that they pull on Russia to say that, oh, look at the evil Russians, they repressed this and this group or or whoever. It seems kind of like fake news. What is the whole deal with this Uyghur ethnic group and other ethnic minorities in China? Well, as you might as you might know, the um, in communist socialist countries, this goes back to Lenin. There's the the minorities get a lot of a, a lot a lot of you know free play and of course Lenin had to change his tune because he was being attacked on all sides by Japan and 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 the and and the Western great powers and so but China has always deferred I in fact when I wrote wrote my first book traveling around traveling around China I mean the 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 minorities are absolutely are absolutely spoiled rotten with what they get hmm. during the uh, up until the 1980s they let Tibet be Tibet they let Xinjiang be Xinjiang um, and they spoke their local languages the schools were in local languages and they weren't really uh, economically integrated with the rest of China. Well, with the big, you know, economic expansion starting in the 1980s, it became clear that for Tibet and Xinjiang to have any opportunity to prosper along with the rest of the country, they needed to become um, linguistically uh, uh, integrated. So they started teaching Chinese along with Tibetan and Chinese along mm -hmm. with uh, Uyghur um, we, 
uh, Xinjiang's about uh, 25 million Muslims, and so it would rank as one of, uh, you know, bigger, bigger than some countries, 28 to 30 million Muslims in China in total. Uh, it too has been uh, like Ukraine. It has been mm -hmm. in China's orbit for centuries and centuries. Uh, and um, interestingly, it was Xi Jinping's father who negotiated with them to to bring Xinjiang uh, into the um, into the People's Republic of China uh, after 1949. Uh, the, all these stories are just it's just grotesque, you know. And, and I've been there, and I've been on the Tibetan Plateau, and I, it's just the worst kind of psychological operations. A guy. A, a, a CIA slash National Endowment for Democracy slash George Soros uh, tool, you know, uh, in, in a CIA NGO gets up in front of the United Nations, um, says that uh, there's a million uh, uh, Uyghurs in concentration camps. And of course, the big lie propaganda machine in the West just yeah. takes it and just blows it all over the world. It's a complete and total fabrication. Michelle Bachelet, the uh, Chilean diplomat who was the head of the Human Rights Commission at UN, she just recently went, and because she came back and honestly said there was no problem, she was run out of office and was forced to retire. Hundreds of Muslim clerics and diplomats and um dignitaries and you know everybody have, have from all over the muslim world around the world have gone to xinjiang they've toured the whole place nothing like that can go on it's it's just not happening uh, I, we lived with muslims in beijing we had a mosque 200 meters from our house mm -hmm. in beijing it's just a pack of lies and they but but unfortunately it works and now they've been able to gin this in, pardon the pun they've been able to gin this into banning Xinjiang uh, uh, cotton which is the best in the world causing tremendous disruptions in um, uh, supply chain well, wait, who, who's who's banning it I didn't quite understand that like the the, the United West... States the, the United oh. States sanctioned sanctioned Xinjiang cotton uh -huh. Just like the, you know, microchips or whatever. And if any country like poor, like poor little Bangladesh or Vietnam yeah. or any or Egypt or any other country that does looming, if there if there's any Xinjiang cotton content in, in what they produce, then they can be then they can be sanctioned like Iran and Venezuela and Cuba and everybody else. And again, it goes back to this madness of sanctions that like on the surface, it sounds like uh these um, altruistic, powerful countries are trying to punish these uh, naughty countries for bad behavior. But what actually happens is it just means that the people of the region who are, you know, in theory suffering are just made to suffer more mm -hmm. by being sanctioned, which I can imagine to some extent has happened there. Sanctions are genocide. I mean, that people do not realize that sanctions, American Western sanctions, they just make up the rules. They just make up whatever rules they want. The United Nations Charter means nothing, mm. and then they use and then they use those illegal sanctions, like the the sanctions against Iran, are only recognized by two countries: the United States <laughs> and Israel. And but, but they imprison they 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 held Meng Wanzhou in. They kidnapped her for three years in Vancouver, uh, Canada, because she supposedly 
uh, lied about doing business in uh, in Iran. So they. Th- oh, excuse me. Like, no, was that the was that the uh, sort of um, uh, uh, like director? I don't know the proper terminology. Businesswoman from Xiaomi or some other no, big she, company. Uh, Huawei. 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 She Sorry. Was a C- the CFO of Huawei, and mm. she was uh, held in. Uh, uh, house arrest for three years in Vancouver oh. on, because she supposedly violated sanctions on Iran that are only recognized by the United States and um, uh, Israel. So this is this the you know, Venezuela. It's killing tens of thousands of people every year. It's caused tremendous suffering in in in, in Cuba for the last seventy years. Uh, it's 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 war crimes. I mean, it's just literally war crimes, and it, it's genocide, and it's just awful. And now they're doing it to the Xinjiang. It's not gonna it's not gonna happen. Like you know, it's not gonna be like Syria, you know, with those sanctions where the people are really really suffering. I mean, China's rich. Yeah, uh, they're they're pumping billions and billions and billions of Jinbi into the Xinjiang economy infrastructure. Uh, Xinjiang has now become the the great hub for the Belt and Road Initiative well, yeah. to to continue, you know, uh, working into the stands, uh, Russia, uh, and, you know, and, and, you know, connect. It's it's become a hub uh, for the Belt and Road Initiative. Well, yeah, because they have Russia. to either send things west or north and west. And that's sort yeah, of the yeah, only yeah. options, really. Yeah, exactly. So uh-huh. it's just. I mean, there was, you know, and the and and then there's internal internal documents that get released by Wikipedia, and the U.S. Embassy says it's not true, but you know, <laughs> the the. Well, wait, stop, stop! Please let me forget. Wait, the, so the U.S. Embassy lets in like Beijing says that none of this is happening, yeah, and, and well, yeah, and internal documents that have been found ah not, within not, their own. <laughs> Yeah, that that have been released on WikiLeaks or uh, you know, WikiLeaks. Fantastic. Just like the the organ harvesting scam, you know, the scam, you know, that the Chinese were organ harvesting following Gong, you know, mm-hmm. the religious group following Gong's organs, and they were being kept in dungeons. That was also shown by the. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> also, from what I understand from that religious group, they're very easy to make up whatever stories they want to sort of. They're kind of like the uh, Scientologists. They'll do whatever they need to do to protect themselves, and they don't care. So they're, they're, they are CIA. They they oh. were cultivated by the CIA from the very beginning. Uh, they are simply a a a chop shop for the CIA, uh, and hmm. kept and kept and kept, you know, uh, existing as a thorn in the side of China. And um, so you know, it's just it's all these you know. I mean, Tim, did you re- do you remember two or three years ago? Uh, oh, China is selling human canned human meat in in uh, in Africa, and they were showing pictures of canned canned meat supposedly in Africa, and they were the 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 you know the, the big lie propaganda machine was pumping out that it was actually human, you know, all these you know no, suppo- that suppose. That's new all to me, supposed, though. You know, all these supposed, you know, pr- prisoners and, uh, you know, uh, you know, from concentration camps in, in China and they're being, you know, you know, you know, turned into Soylent Green mm-hmm. to, to sell to sell to the and it's just but it works, you know, it just and the big lie propaganda machine, they work in lockstep. I mean, it's like jackboots. It's just 
diffused almost word for word around the world. Uh, and this just this kind of stuff just works, and it's just not true. Well, if you want to talk about maybe a Chinese food sort of conspiratorial thing, uh, well, uh, I saw some video uh, reportage, as some people might say, uh, that in China there was a, a deficit of cooking oil, and that so people were sort of like using uh, like either using oil way too much, which isn't much of a conspiracy, or actually sort of like how would you? like not siphoning, like using a sieve to sort of catch the oil from the sewers. And I was just like, no, no one is doing this. No one is like going into the sewers to try to separate like oil that's on the surface of the sewer water to cook. There's no point. Like, I don't even understand that, but that's the conspiracy I heard. Well, that actually is not a conspiracy because I've actually seen it. Really? So that's the truth. Yeah, but let me tell you what they do with it. So they go, so they go around at midnight after all the restaurants close and the, you know, the Chinese use a lot of, you know, they have a wok. Yeah. And it uses a lot of cooking oil. Yeah. It uses a lot of cooking oil. Uh, and the, and the the restaurants are lazy. And so, uh, they just dump it down the drain. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then people do go around at midnight after that and, and and skim off this oil but they don't use it for people they take it to feed to pigs and, and oh well that's a big feed. difference <laughs> yeah, they, they oh. use it they, because it's 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 high energy it's you know if there's nothing wrong with it it's just floating on top of the uh, of the of the water below the restaurant and then they skim it off and they take it and then they feed it to pigs now see that's so, where this it's always this there's always a grain of truth in all this stuff and then it's yeah. twisted of okay. Course, of course. Of got course. it. Got it. Because actually, uh, maybe my audience might be a little bit tired of this, but one thing that uh, bears repeating is that uh, when like AliExpress started working in the opposite direction of being able to send things from Russia to China, one of the first things that Russia started sending was cooking oil. And unfortunately, you guys pay, pay a pretty penny for, or well, you're in France right now, but the Chinese folks who might be yeah. watching pay a bit of a pretty penny because uh, uh, it's a lot cheaper to buy cooking oil inside of Russia. But yeah. regardless, <laughs> let's move on to uh, another sort of um thing. Oh, another. Uh, and sort of we'll call it anti-Chinese uh, uh, conspiracy theories or rumor mills, COVID measures. You know, uh, Jeff, I've heard um, that uh, I've seen a lot of videos that show like, you know, the police are whacking some guy. Of course, sometimes with this police footage, you never know quite where they are. But, you know, COVID, uh, brutal lockdowns, forced vaccinations, uh, all sorts of horrors related to COVID. What actually has happened in China and is happening? Because it looks like COVID lockdowns and stuff are continuing to happen in China. They absolutely are where they discover where they discover COVID. But instead of shutting down an, an entire continent like Western Europe, they only they only control the areas that have COVID outbreaks. Tim, the reason they do this is because the Chinese, that China is the most bio-arm attacked country in history. You know, 1935 to 1945, the Japanese, 1951 during the Korean War, 2003 SARS was a bio-arm attack. Oh, 2000. May I stop ahead? you? One thing. Uh, now, going back to hold on, uh, I'm not uh, an expert on the the conflict between China and Japan uh, leading up to World War II. What did the Japanese do to the Chinese of a biological nature? Well, they had in, in Harbin, which is not far from the uh, Russian border uh, no. on the um, uh, south Harbin of the beer Amor makes Ri- it up here. 
Yeah, you know, oh, they, they mix it up there. Okay. Uh, from 1935 to 1945, they had what was known as Unit 731 in uh, Harbin, and uh, a, um, a, a, a their team of Japanese doctors and microbiologists headed by Shiro Ishii uh, you, uh, killed between, they, they estimate between 200,000 and 300,000 Chinese uh, they uh, they were the ones that you know were able to they developed you know anthrax and bubonic plague, mm -hmm. and they 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 developed ceramic bombs and expanding you know like you know zinc you know mm -hmm. zinc metal bombs that would open up and mm -hmm. let insects out you know when they were dropped from airplanes. Huh. Uh, they also used as uh, Unit Seven Three One. They called their. They called the people that went. They even got a few Russians. If Russians happened to get get into China, they they disappeared, and were never seen again. And they used and they did all kinds of horrific vivisection, opening them up, you know, live, uh, cutting them open, freezing their arms and, and legs. And, well, yeah, I did hear it, about the Japanese experimentation. Not so much the biological weapon, but that's no, interesting. Now that, that's that's all the whole that, that, that whole, whole all the whole same thing uh -huh. for, for ten years in Harbin, but they bombed. They, they bombed all the way down to north of Shanghai with these uh, insect bombs. Hmm. And in total, they estimate up to 300,000 people died. And so the Chinese are used to being attacked. Hmm. Uh, they, you know, we've had African swine flu since 2017, wave after wave in China. They know their bioarm attacks. Avian flu, the same thing. And of course, the Chinese know that COVID nineteen is is also a bioweapon that, that that was meant to try to destroy China. So they have to they the Chinese consider COVID a, 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 a they are at war. They are on a war footing, and they have to assume that all whatever variant is 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 released in China, it could be the next you know one that could kill millions. And so they um, uh, I've, I've got friends. I mean, I talked to the, you have a phone, you have your mobile phone. Uh, they, uh, if you, you can check where you are and if you're in the green zone and, you, and then it goes down to yellow and red, if you get to a red zone, then, you know, you shouldn't go there because that small, that area, that apartment complex or that small area there where they discovered COVID has been, has been, has been, has been quarantined. Uh, the, it's, you know, it's, I mean, it's better than here in France where we actually had curfews mm -hmm. at seven at night until six in the morning for the whole fricking country for, for half the winter, you okay. know, and well, the and thing I is mean, with this, with this red zone then, okay. So someone gets sick with COVID and they declare like a building, the red zone. So what is the building locked up for 14 days? What does this mean? No, what it means is, is that the people, um, they immediately secure the apartment tower, say they, it's an apartment tower. They immediately secure the apartment tower. Health officials surround it. Uh, people um, are allowed uh, out every day. A family, a, a, a one family member can leave uh, to go buy stuff every day. Uh, and they get tested uh, with for fever going out and coming back in. Uh, they do daily COVID tests, um, you know, but they don't, uh, you know, the the saliva, the saliva COVID test, so it's rapid and 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 easy. 
Uh, and then uh, they wait 14 days. And as soon as everybody in the building is uh, COVID free, that building is, 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 uh, is let go. It, and it, I wrote an article about this, about Shanghai. I mean, there was a big outbreak in Shanghai three or four months ago and entire neighborhoods were, were shut down. Hmm. Everybody gets a COVID test every day if you're in the red zone. Uh, and I know it sounds Orwellian and I know it sounds um uh totalitarian but it's not it's just china knows the united states is trying to use wmd bioweapons to destroy the people and destroy the economy well then here about the about the orwellianism so what happens if your test comes back positive you have covid does the government just shove you in some facility you live you live you die you die or what no 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 you just stay at home oh that's not as bad as one could imagine you just stay at home for 14 days and uh and um so again you know, we, here in france it was an, it was a, a nightmare we couldn't go anywhere we couldn't do anything for the entire country mm-hmm. even if whether you had covid or not or, or you know or whatever they locked down the entire freaking country with 60 million people the Chinese don't do that. They only they isolate where there's a COVID outbreak. Uh, like they, I just read one, 28 people. Oh, in Tibet, they just mm-hmm. uh, one in 28 people in Tibet were tested with COVID. Nobody. Uh, there, there was a film going uh, uh, t- uh, on uh, on Twitter. They showed uh, uh, another one of these. You know, CIA NGOs was saying, uh, "Look, these guys are standing in line. They're handcuffed and they're being." forced to take uh take covid shots and there's police standing mm-hmm. there with with guns and stuff well come to find out just like all the prop all the fake propaganda about russia blowing up stuff and it's a photograph from 1974 or 1982 yeah. or whatever yeah it's just it's all over the these in fact that same footage was found to have happened in gansu and because they they were pornographers they were they were online pornographers and they were mm. going to, they were standing there ready, you know, to go into the court or uh, uh, to uh, to be uh, to be sentenced. Mm-hmm. So there's all this, there's all this you know, horrific, you know, these little clips with fuzzy, with fuzzy images. And they're saying that people are being beaten and stuff. Yeah, no, it's just it's not happening. I, and I and I know they're tired of it. They're, they're, they're you know, Ch- uh, Shanghai was really really tired of it. But they they it is a bioweapon. They they were sending twenty five kilogram bags of rice to every house in every red in the red zone there, all paid for by the by the Chinese mm-hmm. government, so everybody would have enough to eat. Uh, and uh, uh, again the the government the, the government works hard for the people and they were doing and they're doing what they know needs to be done to avoid another you know a, you know an impo- a possible andromeda strain yeah you know movie scenario well here's a th- one more thing then well what about uh, forced inoculations you know uh, because in america yeah. we're starting to see a lot of uh, stories of athletes dying uh, i think even insurance companies have noted it was something like a 40 percent increase in the deaths of people under the uh you know 
yeah, social security social age and yeah, so on yeah. and so forth. And in Russia, you don't hear much of that. There has been a bit about um, related to uh, some blood clot related death increases, but the, the, the difference is night and day. Okay. So what's with China? Did they force people to get vaccinated? No. Have there been consequences? Absolutely. No, oh. I know people who are not vaccinated. And in fact, in the in the enthusiasm to cure the you know to take care of the problem some local governments and provincial governments were putting pressure on people and the the baba beijing as i like to call the 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 central government in in beijing baba beijing came out with an edict that said mm -hmm. no one is forced to take any vac any covid vaccine I have friends there who are not who are, who do not have not gotten the vaccine. They go to work, uh, they lead a normal life, uh, and if they're in the red zone, they're treated just like everybody else. If they're in the green zone, they're treated just like everybody else. We're the ones who are being forced to take vaccines here in in in, in France mm -hmm. uh, and in the United States. It's the West that is that that is you know my wife and I are not vaccinated because we know how awful the and dangerous and deadly the mRNA Western vaccines are, and so we don't we won't take them, and uh, we are absolutely pariahs. I mean, we can't you know when they when they when they have when they have what I call the Nazi pass, you yeah. know to uh, to to try to we can't go to theaters, we can't go to restaurants, we can't go to concerts, uh, we can't you know we can't do anything. Yeah, you know, we, we, well, no, they they started that here. Out. This they sort of started that stuff, but then uh, I'll put it this way: Russia sort of. Uh, preemptively left the Western world, and uh, the yeah. second the special op, especially no, probably the second that actually the United States refused all of Russia's demands in uh, on January tenth or eleventh, like right after that, Russia was just like we're done. And then with the special yeah. operation, it's interesting how the special operation essentially killed COVID in Russia as a as a yeah. political phenomenon. So well, they've uh, they've already got it laid out here in Europe. Uh, um, uh, Van Leyden, Ursula Van Leyden, the head of the EU, has already said we're going to crank back up, you know, masks twenty four seven, you know, in October, and and shutdowns and business shutdowns, and of course, this is all part of the you know, World Economic Forum techno fascist, um, uh, you know, uh, pandemic to. Mm -hmm basically to, to destroy the uh, the economy and the middle class uh, of the west and and uh, i don't know what's going to happen if they if they for if we if we have another winter like we did last winter i mean it was just suicides alcoholism child abuse um um yeah. mental problems it was just awful it's not the way human beings are supposed to live but anyways i got no. one more question for you uh according to the zoom clock we've got about five minutes left so i wanted to ask you one more thing to make you groan a little bit jeff another groan moment is i've seen a bunch of videos from china saying that the chinese financial system has become insolvent uh uh china has 34 days until collapse the chinese oh. dream is over and that uh, there are like three thousand depositors couldn't get uh their money from the people Bank of China in uh, Zhengzhou. I'm sorry if I pronounced that terribly in the Henan province. So, uh, anyways, what is this? Runs on money, people being beaten. What is going on? Are the ghost cities finally catching up with the Russian economy? Well, we don't have <laughs> enough. Uh, we don't have enough time to discuss it properly. But um, the reason that that is a lie is because, and just blatant propaganda is because. All of the banks in China are publicly owned. There are no private banks. Well, there's 19 little tiny ones. 
Mm-hmm. Um, people don't people don't realize that, um, you know, the Economist magazine has had no fewer than 50 or 60 headlines saying the same thing since the 1980s. You know, the, China blew over the 1988 collapse with Japan, the 1997 American Western orchestrated an Asian tiger harvest. You know, mm-hmm. uh, China even offered to loan them money. Uh, even then, they had enough money to loan the Asians, but the U.S. imposed IMF and World Bank loans. The 2000 dot com, 2008 meltdown, and they'll survive the next one because all big, the 100 big industries from aviation to utilities are all people owned. There is no private dirt in China. It is all people owned, all all publicly owned, the the dirt. And the, my wife and I can get a 70-year lease on a piece of property, mm-hmm. but we cannot buy we cannot buy land. It all goes back to the people. Uh China's uh the four biggest banks in the world are China, Chinese. And they are all state-owned, and they're all managed. They're highly profitable. They're all managed by fire-breathing members of the of the Communist Party of China. Yeah, the re, re, uh, real estate is public. All the insurance companies are public. But then, owned. what happened with these people? Why couldn't they get money out of a bank machine? They got there. They got there. There. I wish I had. I wish I had. I wish we had another few minutes. But there are there are tens of thousands of banks in China. The ones that the, the these five these sixth in in Hunan province were um, are, are tiny village and city banks. I mean, like really mm-hmm. tiny village and city banks. They were likely mismanaged. There may have been some corruption involved. What Baba Beijing does is is they they move in, they put it under state control, they make whoever has any losses whole, uh, and they. Uh, allocate the resources, the assets to other banks if need be. The people, if they did something wrong, they will be punished, unlike in the United States where they get off scot-free. Uh, and, um, and and everybody, no one's going to lose any money. No one's going to lose their house, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera. The other thing I want to point out is, is that a lot of people don't know this, is that China has 300 to 500 public protests a day. And I've seen them. And the the point that people need to understand is that the Chinese government, Baba Beijing, loves these protests because they expose corruption, mm-hmm. mismanagement, you know, problems, you know, people, you know, protesting pollution or land grabs or whatever. And that way the, the, the government can react and, and find out who is causing these problems and hurting the people and get them punished kicked out and um, and taking care of the situation. So China is not they they own it. The, the people own everything from aviation to telecommunications. All the infrastructure is publicly owned. Yeah. All everything. The airlines are publicly owned. The railroads are publicly owned. The ports, the roads, uh, space, military, um, you know, just it's all publicly owned. And so it's there's no way that the, that the China the, the Chinese 
how, how, how can there be a run on, on, a, on a bank that's owned by the people? It can't happen. That's a good question, and it's something we might want to adapt in both Russia and America. Well, the Russian yeah. bank system's mysterious. It has a lot of, I'll have to find out a little bit more myself about it. But anyways, Jeff Brown, thank you very much for being with me. And uh, guys, this is a new format. We have Jeff back for the second time. Let me know what you think about this format in the comments. And remember, China rising. Jeff's an author of multiple books and the JB West versus JB East podcast. Talk to you later. So anyways, guys, if you enjoyed this video and you like the opinions coming out of my big fat mouth, then uh, join up on my Telegram channel. That's Tim Kirby Hardcore on Telegram. Link, of course, in the description.